Welcome to the George Lynch Hunting Podcast, brought to you by Legendary Gear, the game call company that is legend by design. If it's not good enough for George's lanyard, it's definitely not good enough for yours. Well, folks, I'm excited uh, this week in our podcast to kind of uh, going back and with an old friend here that I've known. To, it actually, our friendship started in 2016 when I sold uh, Lynch Mob Calls to the Outdoor Group. And uh, this gentleman was one of their sales guys and impressed me as one of the knowledgeable guys in the industry. And we've kept friendship through that time. And, and uh, he's doing very well. And I asked him to be, he's doing so well. And the p- products that he represents, that I asked him to be part of this podcast, kind of talk about what's going on. And I'd like to introduce Brett Huey from Michigan. How you doing, Brett? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, those... Uh, 2016 when I came on board and met you guys you were one of the first guys in fact I rode in a car with you and and might have been one other sales guy and first time I met any of you guys and and the conversation it's just like when you start talking hunting and you start talking archery and we started then I found out and I'll have you elaborate later that you know hey this guy likes waterfowl he's a duck hunter you know it was a solid uh, relationship and a solid uh, respect that I gained for you yeah. and, and uh, there were some good times there in the beginning, but uh, why don't you go, you know, since those days and, and kind of let the folks know what you're doing now and what your background is in the industry. So uh, really my background started, I, I started working on an archery counter in 1995-ish, 94, 95. So, you know, been in the industry about, you know, just under 30 years, um, worked behind the counter, um, worked for a large retailer, um, was a, was a group sales manager for one of the major, major hunting stores. Um, was there for about 13 years. Um, met my current wife there and got a lot of knowledge. Uh, you know, I was an archery guy and then, and that really opened me up to, um, the firearm side and the accessory side and camel clothing. And, um, you know, we get kind of get stuck in our ruts and, um, you know, you had mentioned we met each other. <clears throat> I, I remember exactly when it was in, in, in the car ride. Um, but, you know, in this industry and, and not just in the industry where people, but in our community, like we seek out like-minded people. We can tell, we can tell who the, the people are. You know, when, if, if you're talking to a guy for five minutes, you know, he's your people. You know, he, if, if he's a hunter and, a, and, and, and he's killing deer or, you know, passionate about the outdoors, regardless of what that is, whether he's a fly fisherman or, you know, a grouse hunter, we just, we flock towards like-minded people. So I appreciate you saying that. Um, but yeah, back to, <laughs> and as we've gone through the years, getting back to my air quotes resume, um, all of that has brought me to where I am now, which is a, a fantastic position in the industry. Um, I work for a company called MWS Associates. Um, they're based out of Wisconsin. We are a, um, a rep group. So I'm a manufacturer's representative for quite a few brands. We'll talk about a few of them today. Um, but I'm lucky enough to represent some really, really premium brands um, in the industry. Uh, G5, which everybody knows for broadheads. Um, Prime bows, Quest bows, which is a, a G5 uh, brand. Um, I also represent 10 point archery here in Michigan, um, which is arguably one of the two, um, I, I would consider most advanced crossbows, um, that, that are out there. We have 
just unbelievable product. So I'm super lucky that I get to sit here at my computer in my office on a daily basis and I get to I get to talk to all these archery dealers. So for your listeners that don't really know what an archery rep does, because there's not very many of us, um, we represent the companies and we talk to and sell to the retailers um, that you buy product from. So I'm kind of the middleman, um, kind of a teacher. Hate to be called a sales guy, but um, because I, you know, most of these people that I worked with for years, especially since 2013, which I've been doing what I'm doing now. Uh, you know, these guys become your friends. So it's, it's tough to call it work, but they do pay me, which is awesome. You're, you know, you're absolutely right. It's uh, that um, it, it's funny because you and I, even though we're kind of in different industries, but the buyers and everything, because it's so long and it's so many years into that, that we've create, they become friends, and it's you and I have the same friends in a lot of these big retailers, and uh, oh, yeah. and it it isn't a salesman. It's about they, you know, they have to come comfortable with you. And this, if, I'm sure if you talk to Bill Hahn or any of these other guys, they consider you a friend, and as right. like myself. So I hope so, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of time. You know, there, we get down to business for sure, and we have to get it done because the products have to be in the store. Um, but there's a lot of times people will call me or I'll call them and just, Hey, how you doing? You know, what's going on? You know, I, I don't have social media anymore. Um, except for, I have a, I have a Facebook account that I use for work. Um, but it's, it's only to like my brand so I can keep up because a lot of times, um, information comes out about brands, uh, a lot faster on social media than maybe even sometimes when you're even on the inner circle before it hits you on an email. Um, so that's why I have social media, but if, if, if I'm talking, you know, I, I talk to people face to face and on the phone, we don't, you know, not the social media email, we send a lot of emails, but you know, we like to keep the relationships personal. So that's kind of what, you know, I said, a lot of people don't know what our trip does. Like my mom really doesn't even know what I do. <laughs> She's got one of my business cards, but she could explain to you what I do on a daily basis. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you were talking about you're with, um, and I've kind of got you got back. You and I kind of rekindled, and you're doing a lot of stuff with G5 and Prime Bows. And uh, yep. I shot the inline three last year, and you know I've been an archer, and a lot of people know that I've been an archer and been a bow hunter, strong bow hunter for a long time. And living out here in Iowa, that I put a lot of time in after after these big bucks out here, and I've shot a lot of bows and. A lot of good bows, and I will tell you that, you know, my comment was on the inline three, um, that bow right there is a hunter's bow. It was, uh, it's not too long. You know, I've always liked a longer bow and been trying to get the accuracy and with a, a wider brace height and, you know, heavier bow, but that bow was certainly balanced. Uh, you know, it's a little shorter. I was shooting, it's, I think, 33 inch and just under seven inches, but that bow that I could shoot accurate with some of my bows that are 38 inches at 50 yards and, and hold right well, in. And you, and, and you and I had that conversation last year, and I think we probably had it again this year when the Rebex came out. Um, you know, we were looking last year because I wanted to get you shooting the bow. Um, just because, like you said, you have the relationship through the industry and you want to help people out and, you know, get them onto products that they may not be aware of, but yeah, no, we talked about it. We talked about, you know, the, the 35 last year and how, you know, that I was kind of leaning that direction and 
you were leaning that direction, and then I got my 33 and was like, dude, you don't, you don't need the 35. The bow shoots like a 35-inch bow. So when I ordered your bow, I was like, oh, I hope he, you know, I hope he feels the same way about it that I did. Um, but you ended up, you, you did. And so I am a longbow guy. I like the longer braids, or I like the longer axle like you do. Um, but sometimes bows shoot longer than they are. Does that make any sense? I mean, I know archery guys will get that, but. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah that, 30, yeah, that 33 shot, great. I was going to shoot. This year we came out with a, uh, a bow called a Revac. R-E-V-E-X, it's available in 32, 34, 36. So immediately, I say to myself, well, I got to have the 36, because it's a longer bow, and it's going to be more accurate. I got my sample, uh, which they sent me to show the dealers what the bow looks like. I shot it four times and called G5 and said, don't send me my personal bow, I'm just going to keep this one. And that was the 34. Oh, really? Like, that, bow shot, that bow shot that good. I, I put a rest on it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to use a lot of archery jargon, but <laughs> anybody needs the, the definitions, we'll go over it later, but I put the rest on, you know, center of burger hole, level the knock, 13, 16th off the riser, shot it from paper bullet, went outside, shot like four arrows, and then, then called G5 and said, no, I'm keeping this one. Um, you just, every now and again, you find a bow like that, you know, it's, even within the bows, anybody makes. There's always, there's always these individuals that shoot so good. Um, and I hope every 34 shoots this good, but I'm keeping this one. Well, <laughs> I'm yeah. not taking a chance on it. That was the um, same thing with my so, 33. When I went to, I got that, you know, and you're kind of like, well, you know, it, it, it felt great, but I hope it, that I'm going to be accurate with it. So I took it up and these guys are the best in Iowa to Nick and Mark at Archery Field and Sports in Des Moines. These guys are awesome. And they went ahead and, and set up my my inline three. And the first era, there was paper, you know, bullet hole. And it was just so simple to set up and quiet. And I said, this is the hunter's bow. It's, it's that It's got the accuracy. It's not long. It's the right size. It's the right weight. It is, and it has the right feel. And, and what same thing that I've heard from my buddies at uh, at Presley's and, and Mick from Presley's and, and the same guys at, at Archer Field, that the bow holds really steady. And it does. If I were to say... And that's the key. That's, well, that's what Prime is based on. So like you go, I'll let you finish, and then I'll, be, and then I'll, then I'll do my pitch. Well, that's what I noticed that, that it helped with the accuracy at shooting at 50 yards is how steady I could hold, you know, what, what we call, quote, unquote, a hunting bow. And that is the same. And, and coming from, you know, guys who I think are some of the great mechanics of working on bows in the industry, that is their definition. When you ask them about the bow, man, the bow holds amazing. And, you know, so, and I, which is very important. Yeah. Well, and, and it's why the bow is so popular out west. And unfortunately, I live an hour and 15 minutes from the factory. I don't have to, my, my territory doesn't sell the most primes. Um, where we really shine, where they really shine is out west. And if you look at a western hunter, a western hunter is a longer range hunter. I'm not going to say it's long range. You can kill mule deer and antelope at 20 yards. But the chances of having to shoot longer distances are much more available. Absolutely. You know, I think the, I think the average distance of a whitetail 
is still 18 yards. It's still under 20 yards. You know, so you don't do you need a bow that that holds good. And you know, there's there's dirty little secrets that we don't talk about at parties um, about how far we can shoot. Now, do I shoot animals that far? Probably not. Um, but the equipment is to the point where you can shoot at extreme distance very accurately. Now, it takes practice, just like anything else. You know, you're shooting a rifle a thousand yards, you need to practice. But if that platform won't do it, you'll never get there. So the bows now, um, you know, and the prime bows are built for what you just said. The whole philosophy of prime was an accurate bow. The world's most accurate hunting bow. So there's a couple of things that they did over the years. First off, they moved the grip. The grip is directly in the middle of the two hands. So go pick up your hunting bow that's not a prime and throw a tape measure on the axle and see where your grip is. It's not in the middle. Well, why not? Well, it's easier to get it to tune. That's why. Um, but with the grip in the middle, guess what? The bow is more steady and it holds better. So that's why the grip's in the middle. The second thing is they used to run parallel cams. So they had two cams on each end of the bow and it looked really weird. It looked like something like when you see something normal, that's not normal. (laughs) So guys would see this bow and they go, well, why is there two cams? Well, it was to fight cam lean on a two-track binary cam to make sure that that cam at full draw is not leaning one direction. Well, cam lean is fine if it's repeatable, but if it's not repeatable, it's terrible for accuracy. So they did these two cams. Well, last year, they came out with the inline series um, that you're you're referring to because you don't have your Revex yet. It'll be here soon. Um, And they designed a cam, and because... G5 or Grace Engineering is an engineering firm. They do archery, but they do a lot of other things um, in machining and, 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 and engineering that we I, I don't even think of a lot of talking about. Um, but anyway, they designed a cam at, so the tracks for the cables look different than anybody else's cam. So when you draw the bow, the cables actually cross over one another in the track to make sure that at full draw, that cam is perfectly straight up and down. That was the whole point of that game. This year, and that was a revolving mod. And, and a revolving mod, for those of you that don't know, means you can change the draw length right. just by spinning this, this little wheel inside the cam, which is really nice for the archery dealers because they can adjust it for anyone very quickly. The problem with that is you optimize how the bow feels and how the bow shoots at the most common draw lengths, which is 28, 29. Well, if you get out to the edges, you get out to 20, down to 26 or up to 30, now all of a sudden that bow doesn't feel so good because that, that, that little spinning mod. What they did this year um, with the new cam is they went back to a module-based system, which means there's actually a part that comes off the cam for one draw length and you put a different one on for another one. So this is the best for the manufacturer and it's the best option for the final consumer because it's optimized at your draw length. Very important. There's one other company. 
There's one other company that still does this, and they're the largest archery manufacturer on the planet. And I'm not even going to say their name. But That's right. Knows. We all know. Sure. Um, yeah, we all know. But they still use mods because it's the best answer for the final consumer. Because the guy that's actually shooting the bow, whether he's 5'4 or 6'3, has the same experience. You know, with a rotating mod, the experience is from 5'8 to 6 foot. Like that, if you're not in that window, that bow doesn't feel as good. You know, and for me, I'm a short guy. Like, I, I shoot 28 inches. Every bow feels good to me. But right. I got buddies that'll pull back bows and they're like, no, I don't, this, this rolls over weirder. It feels weird. I'm like, no, mine's fine. Well, it's because of that internal mod. Makes sense. Um, that internal adjustment. So they have addressed some stuff. The risers look the same. The grip is the same. Um, but the cam is completely different this year. You're going to be, I think you're going to be really happy with it. Um, the one thing that I'm really happy about, and this may sound weird, but the percentage of let off actually went down a couple of points. So last year, my bow was 88, 87% let off, which is nice for holding. But if you really get into archery, a really high let off can hurt you sometimes. Um, clear in the release if you're in a weird position in a tree stand and you have to let the bow down there's there's a chance you can derail it you know this bow the revex this year um is my bow is right at 82 percent so i shoot 62 pounds so at 90 percent it would be six pounds a whole bit i think i'm holding 7.4 7.5 um and i may even ramp it up a little bit um just to make the shot a little bit cleaner so sure i, I mean yeah, I know we got kind of in the weeds on some of that stuff there, but yeah, this this RevX model, um, it, it, and I have not shot this distance. I'm not going to lie to you and say, hey, you know, this bow shoots great at 80, 90, 100. It, it will. I'm sure it will. Um, but I've only shot a bow at 40. And it's just, it, it, it tuned perfect for what I for what I do. And in all honesty, I know which tape I'm going to use on my site, you know, as far as distance goes, because all the bows now are so efficient. You go from model to model to model, and you're basically just buying a bow on how it feels in your hand because the efficiency is so good on all these models. So you know, I think you and I talked about it. Um, we still got guys, and I'm not picking on them. Like, do, do you, dude. Like, I don't care. But we still got guys buying 80-pound bows. Not necessary. No. <laughs> you know, the efficiency now is so good and I had a conversation last week um, at the ATA shows, the Archery Trade Association show. Um, we were down in Indy, which all the dealers go to, and we were talking about this. So back in 94, 95, when I'm setting up bows for guys that are going on an elk hunt, you know, we're shooting Easton aluminum arrows. It's the only arrow you had, right? You had yeah, I remember that. 55, oh, 55 sizes of arrows. You know, a guy's got a 70-pound a bow, 72-pound bow, and we're struggling we're struggling to get that bow to 55 foot pounds of kinetic energy, you know, with the speed and the weight of the arrow. Now, my 60 pound bow shoots 60 foot pounds of kinetic energy, which without even trying. So if you took our, our bows today at 60 pounds with the same arrow weight and shot them against the 15 year old bow at 70, our bows out shoot them. Oh, clearly. So, I can remember back in the day I was shooting. I don't know, 75, I always shot 75 pounds. I had a Hoyt Pro Hunter, shot 22 
Yeah, and I shot 22 19s. And if I got 210 in speed, I thought that was amazing. <laughs> I know, crazy. Like you shoot an arrow that's 15 grains an inch. You know, yeah. 22 19 is a 22-64th diameter with a, a 19,000th wall thickness. That's a really heavy arrow back in the day. In fact, that's what they used for crossbow arrows. Oh, for really? Bolts, they used 22 19s, yeah. Because yeah. they're so stiff and they're so heavy. Yeah, we used uh, to we used to comment you could do a toe dance on them and they wouldn't bend. <laughs> man, just it, it it was so hard, you know. I I remember I remember standing behind a press for ten hours a day with and this was back in the early not in mid nineties selling Golden Eagle Evolutions, which was the first eighty yeah. percent let off bow. That yep. was terrible bow, dude. Terrible bow. <laughs> um, but eighty percent let off. You know, standing there behind the press, throwing a TM Hunter, for those of you that have been around long enough to yep. look it up. Um, it's hard to, you know, today we got dropaways, and it's just, oh, I just, I think about those days and, and, and those bows and how inefficient they were. And we thought we were, you know, at the time we were on the cutting edge. You know, PSE had their mock series, and this is, this is before Matthews was even around. Um, I think Matthew started in 1993. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um, but no one knew what they were. But, yeah, it was just – it's so different now. And, honestly, and as much as I will tell you that the, the Prime shoot fantastic because they do, um, you know, there's a lot of companies making some really good stuff. Like, we are at the good old days of archery right now. Oh, without a doubt, like, we this, are. This, this is it. Yeah. You know, this, what, I mean – there's, there, I know a lot of guys, it's just, I, I don't want to say it's getting too easy. It's not getting easy in still in practice. Um, and myself included, we're kind of going back and shooting our traditional stuff, you know, just for, for fun. Because you, you can shoot these things so accurate. And like I said, it's not, I don't take it for granted. You still have to shoot. Um, and, and not everybody can be accurate because not everybody can be as accurate as my wife. She doesn't even know how good she is because she doesn't know it's supposed to be hard. <laughs> she just hits everything. It's ridiculous, dude. It's, I think women know, pick that up. Bow. You know, women have a natural tendency. Like my wife with the gun and bow, she picked it up so because she didn't have any bad habits to break. You know, we were self-taught. Well, I the, was. Well, that's the, that's the thing. Like, we had 30 years of bad habits. You know, and she picked <laughs> up a bow, I don't know, what, 2014? So... She's been shooting a bow for seven years. I've been shooting a bow for 35. And like two years ago, I put the, uh, I had her sight on her bow and um, she, shooting, she was shooting low poundage because she hadn't shot. So she was shooting like 37, 38 pounds. So we, we cranked up her bow as she got a little bit stronger. And I'm like, okay, so I'll let you shoot 20 and 30 yards. And then she had a three pin sight. And she's like, well, let's just sight in the 40 yard. I won't shoot that far because she just didn't have the weight to shoot it. She's like, but I just want to get it sighted in. I'm like, okay, so we'll sight it in. So we go out to 40 yards. And 40 yards, is, I mean, there's a lot of guys, you know, they're like, I will never shoot over 20. Okay, well, that's fine. The, the equipment will do it if you have modern equipment. So we back up to 40 yards. She throws two arrows in. They're like almost touching it, and they're an inch low. And I'm like, well, that's good enough. She's like, no, let's adjust it. <laughs> so we adjusted, and she center centers with three arrows right in the middle at 40 yards. Wow. And I asked her, I'm like, what does, what does it look like when you're looking at the target? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what is your pin doing? 
like, when you pull back and you look through the pizza, like, what's the pin doing? And she's like, I, what do you mean? I'm like, what's it doing? She's like, it's not doing anything. I'm like, so I, I asked her, I said, so the pin is just sitting in the middle of the bullseye? She's like, yeah. Well, think, okay. My pin doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> My pin floats all over the place. So I didn't even tell her that that's not common. I didn't, I didn't even want to tell her that this is supposed to be hard. And I just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> that's she, because she, they... Uh... That's because they they make us nervous. That's what I told my wife. I said, you're steady and I'm shaky, and that's because of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's because we know it's supposed to be hard. So yeah. we mess with our own head. Because 90% of shooting a bow is in your bean. It's oh, not absolutely. on the bow. Yeah, we sure. fight it. So... Well, you talked about uh, the big, and you're so correct that we're in the good days. We're in the, today is the good, good old days in archery. But one of the things besides yeah. arrows and bows, I think is just, you know, made a huge impact and is broadheads. And you mentioned oh, the yeah. G5 and I had the pleasure this year of shooting a good Pope and Young whitetail and dude, I just, I mean, I took a front quarter and angle because I had on him, but I mean, I buried that arrow and he went maybe 30 steps and just the blood trail um you know it was just amazing and i've just one thing i noticed with the the g5 broadheads it's just they are razor sharp oh yeah so they're lust blades and um the the, the lust blades are world-renowned sharpness i mean they're surgical blades they you know the you can do your own research they're a german um, german company right yeah, yes, yes, and they do blades for a lot of things in a lot of places, um, but they are they are the gold standard of the world um, in in cutting tools as far as as far as small things like blades. Like you get into knives and stuff, they don't do that. Um, but yeah, surgical equipment, um, broadheads, and we're not even close to their you know archery is not even close to their biggest industry. Um, just like optics, you think of Nikon and Swarovski, and, and we have these scopes on our guns, and we have binoculars, but, you know, Swarovski's building lenses for the Hubble telescope. They, they don't care about the scope on our gun. That's um, right. Kind of how kind of luck is with blades. So, yeah, G5 broadheads, um, one of the biggest one of the biggest companies in broadheads um, – They've been around since right at 2000, 2000, so 20, 20-plus 20 years now. Um, the G5 Montec was the first model that kind of took off as a single-piece three-blade. You can resharpen. Guys loved it because it's cut on contact. And it's been the number one seller for G5 for 20-plus years. Um, I will preface what I'm about to say with the fact that I'm a die-hard fixed-blade guy. I love fixed blades. I love four-blades. I can get them to fly because I'm short and I shoot low weight, so I can get pretty much anything to fly, um, which they do very well. But there's a broadhead right now called the Mega Meat um, that came out three years ago. Isn't that what I shot? It is it, an open. That's what I shot. Isn't it's it? an, yeah, it's an open on impact, two inch cut three blade, um, and it's pretty much taken over everything. So you may not see a lot of stuff about Megami on social media because they block it. So 
I was at ACA last week and is at the G5 booth talking to a lot of customers, a lot of retailers um, that have a lot of pictures on their phones from a lot of customers. And you will never see any of these pictures online because honestly, it's kind of gross. <laughs> so that, seriously, I looked at some pictures where I was like, oh, that's, that's, you know, I love shooting a deer and watching it bound off into the sunset, and then I find it laying there dead. You know, it's all clean and perfect. These are giant freaking holes that don't look fun. But it's instantaneous. I mean, they are just, it's, so what is our goal? Like, as a, and you know this, and everybody that hunts knows this, and everybody that doesn't hunt thinks we're bloodthirsty idiots. Our goal, when we try to shoot an animal, which is killing something, is to do it as humanely and as fast as possible. Amen. I, the worst thing that I could possibly do is make an animal suffer. If I send a broadhead through both lungs of a deer, A, it doesn't know what happened, and it tips over and goes to sleep, and it doesn't know. What I don't want to do is make it hurt. Like we, that's not what we want to do. Like hurting an animal to us and we, and it will happen to you if you shoot enough deer with a bow. The, the first deer that Lisa ever saw get shot, she was in a ladder stand. I was in my saddle behind it. And I shot a deer that I missed, I misranged. Um, I didn't have time to pull up my rangefinder, and I hit it in the spine and, and it went down and it could, and it, and it didn't, didn't have use of its back legs. Um, so I looked at it through my binoculars, just looking at its nose, waiting for blood to come out of its nose, because if blood comes up the nose, that means you hit a lung. You know, it, it's bleeding on its mouth and its nose. Um, it, it didn't. And it was five, six, seven, eight minutes. And I'm sitting there, and I told her, I'm like, you got to get out of that stand, because I got to get down. Well, she has to get out of the stand for me to get down, because I'm in a saddle behind the ladder stand. So I had to go over and and, and put another arrow in the deer. And the, the, the coup de grace. Um, you know, and I walked back and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm like, just give me a minute. I'm not okay. Because I asked that up, like, that's my fault. And it's a terrible feeling, terrible feeling. Absolutely. Like, yeah. You get, you get emotional thinking about it because it's happened to a lot of us, but it's a terrible, terrible feeling. Um, so back to the positive side, you know, you want to use the most effective tool you can. As stated, I'm a diehard fixed blade guy. I'm having a lot of trouble not switching to a mega meat after seeing all this stuff. And I hear the arguments from fixed blade guys. Well, what about angles? What about energy? What about this? There's guys shooting elk with them. There's guys shooting 40, 50, 60 pounds. Um, it's a big, big broadhead, but it's so sharp and it works so well that it's just doing the job. And what do you need that for? Okay, well, what if you make a marginal shot? What if you're back a little bit? You know, but now you clip a liver, you clip a lung, where at an inch and a quarter fixed blade, you don't. So, yeah, I just, and, and I'm not a guy that's, all, I've never carried one broadhead in my quiver. I've always carried um, fixed blade and open on impact because I hunt, you know how it is. You live in Iowa. You know, I hunt in Kansas. I hunt in, uh, Ohio, I hunt in Michigan. Different scenarios require different things. If I'm on a 
if I'm on a bean field in Kansas with 40 mile an hour wind, I'm not shooting a big foot. Like I'm shooting open on impact because that wind's going to affect me. Um, but yeah, so that long rant is just to say guys that haven't seen it, um, which is not very many, that broad has really, that's going to be the number one seller for G5. And they're, they're a huge, huge, huge player in the broadhead market. And it's going to start outselling Montex this year. Well, I'll tell you, that is the definition that people got to understand that with, uh, you know, a shotgun kills by the, the blast and, and by uh, shock, you know, the explosion okay. of that bullet goes through. So it's shock and then the shock creates wound channels. But at the at broadhead kills by slicing and as much tissue and artery. So it kills by blood loss. So, the, you know, whatever I can do, create that I can get good flight and take it, it's still up to us to take the a, a good ethical shot and to be ethical sportsmen, sure. you know, not to, to make the comment to guys, which is some people in the industry say, you know, I'll, I'll gut shoot a deer with my big broadhead knowing I'll get it. Well, that's true. You can, but that deer is going to suffer. And, you know, it, it's still, right. we have to make the ethical choices, but man, I want to shoot the biggest and whatever creates the best blood trail and we'll put that deer down it, it, you know, as fast as possible. We owe it up to our, our responsibility, you know, to be ethical hunters. I'm going to be one of the first customers out there waiting for that mega meat to put it through a mega giant. So uh, uh, I'll tell you what, so much information. And guys, I'm telling you, Prime is one of the top bows, of, you know, on my list and, and what I've shot. And I appreciate all the information, what Prime's coming out with. I can't wait to see the new bows. There's so much going on, man. We're going to wrap up this because I want to bring you back next next week and then talk about crossbows because we haven't even scratched the surface sure. of your knowledge and everything. So anyway, folks, I hope if you like this podcast, please subscribe. It's on several different uh, platforms. Uh, you can see, I believe you can see on YouTube, you can go and see my little video of archery field and sport where we're setting up and tuning um, my Prime 3. And... Um, Anyway, I hope you like it. Subscribe and always remember, hunt safe, hunt smart, and may the good Lord be your guide. Well, I'll be out there, rain is shining, all a part of the great design. Bring it on, I can never get enough. Because that's what legends are made of.